Oh my goddess. Hello, goddesses. Welcome to episode two of The Goddess Complex. Season I'm being really silly with you. Um, And so, hey, Sidney, what's up, girl? Hello, how are you? Talking to the mic. Uh Oh. (laughs) Girls, we're trying some new technology, so we're bringing it to you very, very candid up in here. All right? Unedited. What's important is the conversations, all right? The content. So, you know. Across the table right now, we got this beautiful human being before us, Chelsea March. What's up, girl? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally just sitting here. Here I am. I've made it. So, uh, Chelsea, we are so happy that you have joined us today to engage in a beautiful conversation with us. But before we get started... We want to make sure that we're being respectful and that we're not making any assumptions about who you are, who you want to be, and who you are identifying as, okay? So, um, if you could tell us your gender pronouns, we would really appreciate it. Yep, I use she and her. Yeah, she, her, her. Queen. Yeah, queen. Sister. Okay. So, um, I'm going to read Chelsea's bio that she has graciously uh, provided for us. Humble, humble bio. It's humble. humble. It is humble. I read it. It's really humble. It's really humble because we could brag about this girl all day, (laughs) every day. So, um, Chelsea is a Brooklyn-based fashion, lifestyle, and beauty influencer. Chelsea has been a working makeup artist for 10 years. That's a decade, girl. And currently... Wow. What do you say? That's a long time. I know, right? 10 years, girl. Teach me a thing. So, Chelsea has been a makeup artist for uh, 10 years and currently is working in the beauty industry as an influencer, marketing manager, honey. Ew. What's up, girl? Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. On this hot day. It is summer in New York City. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. But the skin is moist. (laughs) The glow. The glow is real. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, so a new thing that we are kind of going to do is everybody loves facts, right? I love facts. I love trivia. Why not? So I have two random, as in I just Googled, I did a cross-reference, so they are true, facts in queer history. Ooh. Who's excited? I'm excited. Because we queer up in here. So the first one, (laughs) so the first one is... Um, Barbara Jordan was the first African-American to be elected in Texas in 1973. She was a woman, a Democratic, a Democrat, sorry, a Democrat, a Democratic. Democratic. (laughs) She was Democratic, but she was a Democrat Mm -hmm. and also gay. She later Mm -hmm. became the first black woman to give the keynote address at the Democratic National Convention. Oh. Did you guys know that? No. 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 I did not. Yeah. And see, that's why it's important to brush up on history. Research. Know where you came from. You know? Now we have, like, had a first black president. Look how many first black things that have happened in politics. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Barbara Jordan. What? Barbara. (laughs) Barbara. (laughs) I have another one. You ready? We ready. So the word drag is actually an acronym an acronym. Girl, wait a minute. Really? Yes. I did not know this. The word drag is an acronym, um, and it's a stage direction that was coined by Shakespeare, meaning dressed, resembling a girl. Drag. You lie. I don't know. I really? googled it. So, so therefore it's true. So it's true. Googled it. It's true. <laughs> Damn. But also, think about it. It makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if you think oh, about wow. drag now, it's Men, not only men, but people dressing up as the opposite sex, too, or just dressing up in general. It doesn't even have to be. Yeah, that's interesting because I think we've expanded on what drag can be, right? Right. So like of drag course. queen, drag king, and I mean. But the origin of that word comes is, from. That's so interesting. Dressing up. That's really interesting. Girl, look at that. Right? Oh, my God. Because what? what? We're born naked and the rest is drag, honey. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
So, so we're all actually in drag right now. We all are. Yeah. Even you beautiful folks listening right now, you're in drag, honey. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on with this show because I want to hear more from my girl, Chelsea, up in here, my home girl. So, um, Chelsea, what, keep, get, get us up to date. What's, what's, what's something or some things that have been trending in your world um, that you have been following, um, whether they're, you know, positive things or negative things? Um, yeah, what are some things you've been following? Okay, so there's a few things that I created a list because oh, I love lists. I love a girl who's prepared. You are prepared. <laughs> She's ready. Okay, so something I've really been loving is Korean glass skin. And this is mm. more of like a skincare trend. Okay. Um, and essentially, it's really like a bougie way of saying really dewy, luminous skin. Mm. And the trend came from a video that just went viral of some girl's skincare routine. And mm-hmm. her skin was glowy. Like, literally, it looked like glass. That's how shiny and dewy it was. So she but not posted, like greasy. But not greasy. It was uh, just like okay. luminous. So she posted this video and everyone freaked out and called it the Korean glass skin. And it's just really about taking really beautiful care of your skin. Oh, wow. So question. Yeah. Um, you did say Korean. I do know, is this true or not, that typically in the beauty industry, skincare specifically, that Koreans have a history of like being the experts. Hello. On that. Yes. Yeah, oh. like they like are the best, the best face masks, mm-hmm. you know, like all of that nail, all that stuff. Placenta that all has like come over from okay. Korea, and then we've just adapted it and turned it into what we want it to be. Hmm. Yeah, so that's one that I really okay. love. Ooh. Second one like is one. colorful like eyeshadow finally is coming back. And the neutrals are like going to bed, but finally people are having fun with color, and mm-hmm. they're bringing it back to their eyeshadow, which is really fun and more like art based looks. So. There's like some awesome girls like Jay Kiss and Makeup on Instagram, mm-hmm. Sid Nasty on Instagram, mm. who are really, really having fun and really um, encouraging men and women. Like, you can have fun. Make art on your eyes. Ruthie Barone, mm-hmm. she's killing it right now. I hope you're writing all these names down. Write them all down. <laughs> you're welcome. Pretty much. The come up is real. Um, so, yeah, I think art based eye trends are coming back, which is really cool. The furry brow, thank God, is coming mm. back. Big. Bushy brows are amazing right now. Ooh, I feel like my brows are bushy. Yeah, mine too. I used yeah. to hate mine, and now I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Thanks, mom. So those are my positive ones, but then I do also have like negative trends mm-hmm. that like I'm like over. So inform us, educators, girl. I'm really done with super heavy glam makeup. Right. Also, agreed. Right. I feel like reserve that for drag queens. Right. Let them do Let it, them and they're do. beautiful and amazing. Yes, go I'm like over it. Um, another one is like nose contouring where it literally looks like an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of anyone who does it, but like we, it's come and it's gone. Like that is very much so from <laughs> right. the drag culture. Right, yeah. That some things should stay where they have, were created <laughs> right. and not adapted for everyday life. <laughs> Right, not this is not a great well, story. Well, that's good look. to know. Right, that's good um, to know. Next one, overly drawn eyebrows, where mm, they do like yeah. a lot, it's called like the caterpillar eyebrow trend. And I'm not making this up. This is like a real thing. This okay. is like what it's the called. caterpillar eyebrow trend. Where they're just drawn on with so much, they're filled in with so much pomade that they're so thick and dark, and it comes yeah. out very sharp <laughs> at the end, but they're very very thick. Um, wow. Where it's like over encompassing on the face, where yeah. all you can see now is just the eyebrows, and there's nothing else. Nothing. Yeah, you know like mean? what else is there? Um, and last thing is like the injections, lip filler, cheek filler, mm. chin filler, mm. Botox, Botox, like natural. Just, just go natural. And there's so many things that we can get into further down in our conversation about like how you can maintain yourself, but particularly lip injections where like they're getting so big and mm-hmm. like overfilling <laughs> them, especially the top lip. Specifically, it's getting very, very large, and it looks—it looks like you look sucked on a fish. It's like it looks, uh, looks too much. So I think they go natural. Everyone is exactly the way they are made, and they're beautiful that way, and mm-hmm. they should be that way. Hmm. Words to live by. I agree. I agree with that. That's good. I I need to. I need to. Well, I never got Botox, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, I need to stop, but girl, I can't afford Botox. Yeah. I'm an educated salary girl. But you know what they say about black skin. Hello. It don't crack, girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't. We age like wine. Okay. <laughs> Black and the berry. 
So I do have a question. So all these positives and negatives, mm -hmm. obviously you've been in the industry for 10 years, you've done a lot of research, you yourself have seen these trends go up and down. How did you get started? What was your like foray into the beauty industry? Like, yeah. So I was a competitive gymnast from ages of what? two, yeah, two to seventeen. So fifteen years, wow. I was a competitive gymnast. I was on yoga. Shout out to Jersey Optional Gymnastics Association. Okay. <laughs> Shameless plug, but it's really awesome. So I was doing that for a long time, but I also was a competitive dancer, mm -hmm. and I danced in every single musical that my church had growing up. Wow. wow. So doing those things, you have to wear makeup. Right. Yeah. Even as like a child. Exactly. Right. So. That's also something that we could totally go into another direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's a whole conversation. You don't have to do that. But anyway, so I was already introduced at a really young age. And then by, I remember my mom saying by like nine and ten, you were really interested in color. And really interested in what this stuff is and how I make it look good. Mm -hmm. So I remember around ten and eleven and twelve. I was really having fun with makeup and I'd start wearing like eyeshadow to school. Like Ooh. gold eyeshadow. Ooh. Risky. That's, that's, me. that's real. That's a con 11 years old? Right. That's pretty so bold. 11 and 12. Yeah, I started wearing makeup and. And your um, parents were fine with it? My mom was fine because mm -hmm. she really wanted me to huh. express myself through art. My mom mm. painted a lot. She's also a singer as well. Mm. So she wanted her kids to be able to express themselves in some type of way and not just like hold it in. That's great. Like, yeah. No, it's like not a great way to develop a child. Mm. So I continued wearing makeup and then I started a YouTube channel at 16. And wow. um, I have a really strong memory of going to Target and going to find a foundation because when you like upload and you start really diving into YouTube, found all these also uh, these these other women who were like doing a full face, and mm -hmm. I at that time never done a full face. Mm -hmm. Didn't fit my eyebrows in. It was literally just colorful, fun eyeshadow and mascara. And they kept putting on foundations. I remember I went to Target and I was trying to find foundation. <laughs> and I remember I was looking for a Maybelline Dream Matte Mousse and I could not find my shade. And I remember I had to get one that was so much darker than my skin and so red. Like I literally looked like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> but that was the darkest shade. And if you look at me, I'm a biracial woman. I'm not very dark. Like right. Sidra and I are very close in mm -hmm. complexion. We're not dark at all when it comes to the spectrum. But I was the darkest shade. Right. And it was orange on me. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking, what? Like, I'm not even that deep. And I was like, is it hard to make a deep foundation? So I, I remember that. And there was, like, nothing that was made for my skin tone that was any type of golden or olive undertone. It was just very, very light, peach, and then dark. Mm. And that's it. There was no in between. And I remember that distinction like why am I forgotten why am I like left out and I remember that mm -hmm. and I, that will never escape me and it's kind of funny that I ended up in the beauty industry now right mm -hmm. especially working in it um and then so for years I, there's so many photos of me looking super red in photos or orange in photos <laughs> and I'm like that's like really and just from like the neck up <laughs> As I got older, my love for makeup and self-expression grew, and I learned to hone my craft, and slowly I started to understand like, how to mix shades. Mm -hmm. MAC was a really big mm -hmm. player in my life because it was one of the only brands to create foundation shades, particularly, and concealer shades for men and women who are of all shades. Right. Mm -hmm. Even at that time, and this was 10, 15 years ago. Right, wow. yeah. Um, but it was also very expensive. Of course. So Mac there was no color pop. Right. There was, you know, like none of these brands that are really inexpensive and have 40 shades of foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to work my butt off. And I remember like doing some small gigs and shows. Like um, if someone was competing in a pageant, I would just do their makeup for like $15. I remember I used to do prom Aww. makeup for $20 a face when Aww. I was like 16 years old. Wow. Just to earn enough money to to buy a twenty dollars single <laughs> eyeshadow. Hustling out here. Hustling. Okay, yes. listen. She was born to hustle, so <laughs> I remember that. And I would do that, and I I worked. Uh, I started like working um, at like Laura's Fudge Shop at thirteen and babysitting just so I could make money to like to buy, buy makeup. makeup. Wow. Um, and I remember that like as my college years continued on I was still doing makeup and then that's when like the glam the heavy heavy glam mm. started when I was like really in college mm. and just to follow the trends I was like oh I guess I should be doing this now too because when I was in college 
I had continued my, my channel from 16 up until 18. And then I was in college and I was like, this is just too much. I'm either focus on work and college or my channel. Mm -hmm. So I decided to focus on college, whatever. And so I took a break from YouTube. But I was still trying to follow the trends in terms of like my clients too and making sure I was living up to what they see as the expectation. And for me, I was like, I know like this is just not for me. So mm -hmm. as I graduated school, I realized that like this whole very cake face, heavy, heavy, heavy concealer thing is just not me. And I right. want to... Pursue the opposite. You so, want to be able to breathe. Yeah, I want my skin to breathe. breathe. <laughs> like, like a normal human being. So I really started to uh, develop my own sense of style, which you've seen probably on social, which is really usually the bright makeup or very clean and just a very like strobe-like effect. Which strobing, if you don't know, is just highlighting the high points of your face oh. without contouring, aka using a darker shade. So it's really just using um, highlighter and foundation and concealer, and that's it. No bronzer and no, con you know, contour. Um, so I'm kind of in between the both. Like I usually do like really bright, really cool artistic looks, or just a really clean look. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's kind of where I am now. I usually don't ever wear makeup <laughs> unless I'm filming in a photo shoot or I'm going to an event. Really? That's yeah. that's actually quite interesting because you would think that somebody who is in the industry does makeup on others would be like, yeah, I want to try the new thing on myself. Yeah. But which I do, I try it at home. But like most makeup artists, don't wear makeup if you ever really notice. Just, interesting. Oh, yeah, Just no, like fashion yeah. designers wear black. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, I guess it's your way of kind of being like you don't want to. I guess I don't know. They say that you kind of want to show your work, but like your work doesn't have to be on you. Like mm -hmm. you can showcase that yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. So in terms of the beauty industry, like how you were speaking about it um, when you were younger and how you like couldn't find shades and all this kind of stuff, how do you feel now as we have things like Fenty Beauty coming out and, you know, all of the shades for all, all shades of women and especially being, you know, a black woman focus product you know using rihanna as the face um how do you feel about these kind of trends that we're seeing in terms of that like the inclusion mm -hmm. element of it well i think inclusion I, it's tricky i feel like it's six in one hand half a dozen the other is it exciting yes mm -hmm. but is it well past the time it should have come yes like mm -hmm. inclusion is not a trend it has been around since the uh since we all began, right? So mm -hmm. for Fenty to come out and everyone be like, oh, wow, now brands are being inclusive. Mm -hmm. It's something that should have happened decades ago. Mm -hmm. Of course. But yes. I'm yes. so happy that it is being done by a black woman and not maybe a white-focused brand. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. we also decided to add right, nine right, darker right. shades. Exactly. Right. And say that we're inclusive We're inclusive, now. yeah. But granted... And I I don't want it to be misconstrued. Prior to Fenty, Makeup Forever had about 45 shades for the last five or six years, mm -hmm. but they're never talked about. Right. Mac and, also had. And why do you think that is? Because Fenty had the star power. Whereas Makeup mm -hmm. Forever, yes, has been a brand for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows them. They didn't have a star power to push them. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, too, they weren't marketing their deeper shades as much as they were models using their lighter shades right so yeah they had it you could find it in the store but it wasn't going to be on like their instagram it wasn't going to be on the website which mm. is also it like going to be in the ads and right kind of squint and interesting right you know right. so like brands have actually been doing it for some time but it really took someone who had a lot of followers and a lot of like power in the industry to say like i'm sick of this mm -hmm. let's be better and move mm -hmm. forward um, so is it better now? Yes. Could it be a lot better? Yes. Like mm -hmm. 40 shades isn't enough. Right. I want to see a shade, you know, brand come out with like 60 shades medium, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also all the same too. Coming from the beauty industry, I know that it costs about $20,000 more to shade test a darker shade than wow. it does a lighter shade. So you, I, I'm, I gotta ask why. Yeah, <laughs> why? that I'm, is I'm, a yeah. really weird statistic. It is really <laughs> weird, and I think it's because for some reason, undertones for darker shades they have a harder time occurring. So because they range, they range between yellow and red and green and exactly. Uh, so they're either neutral okay. or they're more red or they are more golden. 
Okay. But for some reason, lighter shades, I guess because the shade is lighter, you can, you're, it's easier to see the undertone mm. when it is swatched versus when you're swatching a darker shade, you have to have a very keen eye to understand if it's mm. golden, red, or if it's a neutral undertone. So it really is a science. It's, a re- it's a 100% a science. But the fact that it costs more, that's where I'm like, does it necessarily need to cost more? Mm. Or is this just another way of holding us back? Right, right, of course, yeah. Because the only reason why, and there's another thing too, brands tend to not, uh, so when they're creating a line, say of concealer or foundation, mm-hmm. there's like a buy. So you plan to buy out a certain 100,000 of like, maybe if it's like, I don't know, um, porcelain and then light, fair, whatever the shades are, mm-hmm. brands will buy 100,000 of those mm-hmm. for whatever retailer they're sending in. But for the darker shades, maybe they'll only buy 50,000 or 25,000 because they don't sell as much. Wow. But the thing is, darker shades don't sell as much because men and women of those shades have never been given the opportunity to buy those shades. Right. So of course they are not going to sell that much. So it's a catch-22, and that's how that it kind of... interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, you just mentioned men and women, there's a new, once again, trend, and I'm using that in quotation marks because male-identified people have been wearing makeup forever mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a, a, an onset of new brands coming out that are selling themselves as genderless, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fluid makeup. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, uh, Nicola Formichetti came out with a genderless line for MAC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think that is this different? Is this actually, I mean, it's not saying that men couldn't wear typical makeup before, but why, it, I feel like it's like a buzz, kind of like a buzzword almost, that it's genderless. Yeah, I mean, I think, one, all makeup is genderless, it can be, but yes, mm. it is, a lot of it is female focused. There's a lot of brands that like focus on cutesy items, gold lining, pink mm-hmm. packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of punny sayings and marketing jargon that would maybe attract a female identified person to pick it up versus someone maybe who is strictly male identified, but mm-hmm. maybe wants to cover up a few blemishes or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that more brands should actually be more focused on the art behind the product Mm. and what I mean by that is like if we were going to go into an art gallery there's not going to be anything that's really cute in there it's going to be really um, thought out it's going to be really gorgeous a lot more like blacks and whites and grays and like deeper shades curated and curated content like I think it's really about like creating really beautiful art focused package which packaging which will attract anybody versus using the marketing um I mean, it's like a, marketing is a science. It's, mm. it's just really learning how to draw people in, right? Yeah, yeah. And they understand that, like, if we can get people, and honestly, it's like the age ranges of 14 to 18, if that is the mass majority of the people that purchase these products, mm-hmm. because they are talking about it so much, that is gonna, going to encourage the older generation to also purchase it. And they know people with a younger mind are attracted to small, cutesy, flashy items, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really about changing the conversation and turning what was just like almost a buzzword, a buzz item that is like hot pink, holographic, mm-hmm. um, oh, gold yeah. into something that like is really of value, mm. then it'll attract everybody and everything kind of be genderless. So it is language. Mm. Language. So, uh, um, you know, in these conversations around, you know, the makeup industry and skincare, and uh, it seems like there's some colorism happening as well, where there's a favor for uh, lighter tone versus darker tone for various reasons. Um, I'm curious to hear about. Ooh, girl, y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Somebody okay. living outside. Right. Okay. Somebody well, you know, we, we just gonna continue to have our conversation, though. <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm I'm curious because you're you're talking about the growth of uh, the uh, makeup industry and different com- uh, companies. I'm curious to hear about your growth and your goals and how you see yourself fitting into this 
massive world of skincare and beauty. Yeah. I mean, I think my biggest goal is to encourage women-identified people and men-identified people that they are absolutely perfect. Like, they don't Hmm. need to use these products as a crutch, which I believe a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. It's the whole concept of girls and guys wearing makeup to the gym. Wow, people do that. Full face to the gym. (laughs) You are sweating at the gym. What? Right, exactly. (laughs) Are you damaging your skin, clogging your pores, just because you're afraid that someone may see you without eyebrows? or with maybe dark circles under your eyes. Like you still are a person, you still are alive and no one is perfect. Right. Um, So I really would love to break down the stereotype. Like, cool, you have a zit, same me too. Like I break out all the time. So I like to post that on my Instagram. Like, oh my God, me and my friends and me and my fans. (laughs) We all have that and it's okay. So I think my biggest thing is breaking down the stereotype that you have to look perfect all the time. And I think it's one of the reasons why I love living in New York Mm -hmm. because most people here who do choose to wear makeup only literally wear it for if they're in a photo shoot, if they're filming, if they're going to an event or a wedding. Right. They don't wear it every single day. Right. You go to LA, a lot of West Coast places, and it's every single day, an hour and a half, I'm doing my makeup before I can leave the house. Oh no, the doorbell rings and I don't have makeup on. Right. You know, so I want to break down the stereotype. Like, there's so many other real world things that are going on that are so mm-hmm. much more important than your contour cheeks. And the thing is, too, is not it's not necessarily only centered on vanity sometimes people it's like a real fear that they have that oh you know somebody Mm -hmm. my my partner my spouse was attracted to me when i was this way so god forbid that they see me in any other way then i might not be as desirable and I, i think for um folks who are of trans experience right makeup right. can also be like a a, a tool of safety yes. for them and for right? that i totally understand and i don't want it to sound like i think they should also not feel safe i want everyone to feel safe like wear it because you love it mm-hmm. but don't wear it because you absolutely think you have to to impress someone else and especially mm-hmm. right. when it comes to friends or partners if any friends or partners are making you feel less than because you do not look the way that they, in their mind, expect you to look, then they are not the right partner for you. Right. Like, my boyfriend always says I look way better, like, not way better, he's like, you look beautiful every way, but I love you when you don't wear makeup. Right. Because you look just as beautiful than when you do wear makeup. Right. So if you have a partner that does that, then you are with the wrong partner. It should be an enhancement, not a... Exactly. What is it, like, a a standard rule. 100%. 100%. Hmm. And so, uh, with that, do you feel that as a woman of color, um, that there are unique challenges, and I think you spoke a little about this in relation to um, when you were growing up and trying to, you know, find the shade that was right for you, Um, and of course, as uh, underrepresented communities always do, we get creative and we kind of, you know, make it up as we go. Um, But I'm curious, as a woman of color in this industry, are there any challenges that you have faced? Um, And what what are those? Mm -hmm. All right, so for challenges in the industry, I think it is just overall inclusivity, and I want to keep saying that again to keep enforcing that inclusivity is not a trend. It really is. It's everyday life, and it's very real, and it's very tactile, and you can feel it, and you can see it. It just needs to punch through this industry that has been so, I'll say, whitewashed and very Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. white-focused. I also think, too, particularly right now, I want to see the growth of the niche side of the social beauty influencer space. So I work opposite influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. Most of my job and a lot of my job is acquiring new talent. Mm-hmm. And where I'm different in the industry is I'm not bubblegum, poppy, like super valley girl. And there's nothing wrong with that. I come from an art background. I went to fashion school. I'm very hyper-focused on being an artist. And I want to bring that into the beauty space. So I want to bring 
light to really cool girls and guys that are doing really interesting art pieces, literally using their face as a canvas mm-hmm. and showing that on a big scale, which is the channel of an influencer-based beauty brand. Because like ColourPop is an influencer-based beauty brand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which so many of them are coming, you know, to play. And now all these influencers are having their own brands, like Manny MUA, Chris and Dominique, Laura Lee Los Angeles. Everyone's creating their own brand. Right. Great. But I want this focus on cut, glam, 30 pounds of like foundation and then 30 pounds of concealer on top and then baking and then all this stuff, which yes, I do on some clients because some people want that and that's what they need. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. It should not be an everyday standard and that's going back to like making men and women feel like they have to look like this all the time. So that's um, a challenge that I see is like even in the industry I'm in, trying to explain that like, oh, here's someone who literally shaves off their eyebrows and draws uh, creates an art piece on where their brows would be mm. only wears concealer and maybe has glitter all over the place they are a part of the beauty industry as well right. they are, are someone who should be represented because they represent a niche of men and women in Oklahoma mm-hmm. in right. Oregon right. in Ohio mm-hmm. that we are not showing to the world and we are doing a disservice to that group of people and mm. we're only showing glam people so that's like my biggest fight and I kind of bring that up at work all the time mm-hmm. is can we stop showing all these glam people because honestly that trend I believe it's a bell curve and we are coming down that bell curve mm. and do you think you know you, you mentioned that at, when you were younger you had YouTube channels starting about 15, 16 um, I, I know you still have one um, but with YouTube and social media and Instagram and all of these things, social media allows a global reach, right? So mm-hmm. it allows people all over the world in those small places to see if you have access to the internet, if you're allowed to have YouTube in your country, rather, you can see things that you've never seen before. So therefore, I think inclusivity and diversity can live in this digital space, but your, your challenge is what you're saying is how to bring that to like everyday life yeah right yeah yeah I want to bring it inside the stores where people are actually buying things um I want merchandisers to actually purchase all shades Mm -hmm. sometimes they only purchase partial shades and -hmm. you have to buy everything else online well if someone is this really beautiful deep chocolate mocha color and they don't have it in the store and they have their force to buy it online how are they gonna test it? Gonna be able to test it, right? And if you can't return it, now they've just wasted forty-seven dollars on a foundation. So there's all these ways that we can manipulate the system, change the system for better, if you just allow everybody to be included in this part of life, which is shopping and consumerism. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's my one challenge. And then also to just in the beauty industry, growth of people of color. There's there's not a lot of CEOs. Mm. Color. I mean, Beauty Bakery is one of the main brands right now, which is a black-owned company. Yes, go on. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Juvia's Place is a beautiful African woman, and she's making amazing eyeshadow palettes that are, like, Ooh. literally some of the best out there. And, like, the biggest YouTubers in the world are obsessed with her. Michael like, well, finally. Mm-hmm. And she focuses on her African roots. Mm. And now it's finally being showcased. But there, there's only a couple brands. You can name them on your hands that have black men or women what have you as leaders mm-hmm. wow. in many companies I know of there's not many directors at all that are black wow Wow. so you know I'd love to grow that and so with that and and you know uh what advice do you have for those who don't see themselves represented, right, in this industry. And, uh, yeah, what advice do you have for them? And uh, Or even somebody who's wanting to enter into the industry. Yeah, and in, like, the industry, know, yeah. I'm very avant-garde, or I do this, or I don't fit into this one, mm-hmm. one mold or one box. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Or how can I get to the forefront, you know? Mm-hmm. Or have the job that you have or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in terms of work, I mean, I'm still figuring it out, so it's definitely, I don't have all the answers, but in terms of my workplace, I can say the key is affirming yourself. 
i think also too if there's an area in your company where maybe representation is void or maybe it has not been developed yet step in like if you have the skills that you know you need to develop this area in your company step in and get ready to roll your sleeves up and get down and dirty and say i can handle this Mm -hmm. and affirm yourself and be strong i mean that's what i did i mean we i came in i created a customer experience team for a company Mm -hmm. then i kind of left that where it was and then i created the influencer marketing team Mm -hmm. for my company and now we have four people on our team which is really cool really exciting but it wouldn't have happened unless i was just strong was like i think i can do this and we don't have this area I want to be able to step in. Um, Did you feel like it was a challenge for you to, to or pressure almost, to say, okay, here hmm. I am wanting to create something brand new, but I know that I have eyes on me being like, well, if this doesn't work, it's your fault. Hmm. That You know, that kind of yeah. pressure that I would venture to say many people of color in the workplace have when they have a new or an innovative idea that yeah, doesn't exist. True, yeah, I think for sure, and I think I was... Uh, battling through stress a lot and then Mm. I had to be like well listen um, I'm here for a reason this is a lesson I'm supposed to learn Mm -hmm. so whether it does well or does not my life mantra is if you're going to fail fail forward Mm. if you're going to fall fall forward so if anything I would learn something from this particular situation this time period in my life and I could use it to grow myself in another area so I kind of just slept in and was like, well, best of luck. We'll see what happens. And so far, so well. It's great. Yeah. I love that. If you're going to fall, fall, fall forward, forward, honey. <laughs> yes, look what? at that. Ow. I love t-shirt. that. So, um, so, Chelsea girl. Okay. So, you know, wrapping things up, something I would like to know, or mm-hmm. for our listeners out there, for people, whether they wear makeup or not, what are five things, items, products, however you want to put it, that we should be using all the time or we have to have in our beauty kit. Get your pen and paper, how girls. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to split this into two sections. Okay. One, if you do wear makeup, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no matter how you identify what you should have like in your bag at all times. And then a second is like for like, skincare, what you should be using at all times. Ooh, okay. So, and then kind of like mix the two together. So for in your bag, everyone should have concealer. Everyone should have concealer. We all have those days where, like, zip popped up, something's not cute, didn't wash my face last night. So, <laughs> just like, well, do a little dab, 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 and, like, that's it. Like, you should have that. Question, though. Yeah. Can you use concealer without foundation? 100%. So, Most days I use concealer So, concealer is just to cover up those little imperfections. Let me break it down. Okay. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's kicking up the Concealer, there's two ways, and this is like where you're going to see a lot of it on YouTube and how to use. There's two ways to use concealer. There's one concealer in your kit for brightening, and then there's one concealer that actually does conceal. So brightening should be at least one to two shades, two shades preferably, lighter than your skin tone. Mm-hmm. And that is used to lighten up your under eyes, also maybe to lighten up the creases in your nose, because sometimes mm-hmm. people get really red who are of a fairer complexion. Mm-hmm. Also to rosacea. Two, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then another one is mostly for concealing. You are of a darker complexion and you pop a zit and now you have a dark mark that's healing up and our skin heals darker first mm-hmm. to protect it from the sun and then it flakes off. You're gonna use I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where you would use this, the concealer that's your skin tone and you would conceal those areas, conceal any blemishes you have. So that's why there's always like you see people who have really white triangles under their eyes because yes, yes. of brightening their under eyes. Because uh, okay. that what that's gonna do is if the center of your face is brightened, it's gonna pull it forward, and then people contour the darker shade so it pulls it back, so you get dimension to the face. I see. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> so concealer you should always have in your bag. Brow pencil. Always have a brow pencil in your bag. Clean up the brows. Have a nice, defined, clean brow that will create shape to the face. Mm. You don't have to have anything else on. If you have a really beautiful brow, and I'm not saying, again, no caterpillar brow, nothing over <laughs> just fill in the sparse areas, bush Natch. up, comb it through. That's comb. a big one. Boys and girls, comb your brows through. Even if you don't fill them, comb them. Comb your brows. Okay? Comb, comb them up, up and comb them down. Okay, okay. So you should always have that. 
Um, a brow gel for sure. Chapstick. If I see any more chaps lips, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Bless sex. I don't care. Vaseline. Vaseline. Don't use Vaseline. Vaseline has petroleum in it and actually dries out your lips. Ooh, girl. Who knew? Who knew? Any product with petroleum is actually horrible for your lips and it will dry out your lips. So do not use Vaseline. Girl, I'm about to go into my closet and just throw out everything. <laughs> everything got yeah. to go. Um, and makeup wipes. Makeup wipes are a good thing too because that's also just a face refresher, especially us who live in a city. If you've been out all day or even if you've just been riding the train, wiping down your face and getting all the debris that gets stuck in your pores off your face Ooh. will save your skin from then sucking in that debris and honestly creating wrinkles. Mm. So that's also really So good. makeup wipe versus, let's say, like a baby wipe. Mm. Can you use... Mm. Don't use baby wipes. Baby wipes actually do contain some alcohols. Alcohols dry out the skin. Ooh, girl. Look at this so, I, so I guess for all those folks that got little babies, y'all should be using makeup wipes. Don't, wipe. <laughs> yeah, don't do natural. Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, sorry Johnson and Johnson, but look, I'm here for a sponsorship if you want to do a natural one. Thanks. Um, but yeah, don't use those all natural makeup wipes. There's so many companies coming out with them. Simple's a really, really, really good Oh, I love Simple. One. I use awesome. their products all the time. Wow. So that's that. So then for the skincare, you should always have a really good all natural face wash. Heads up, if it suds, that probably means it has sulfates and parabens in it. Your face wash should not sud. Oh my should not God. Foam what? Okay. Yeah. What? It should just be nice and liquidy. You apply it, you rinse it off, but it should not foam up. There's only a couple. There's like there's like maybe two bar soaps and like one liquid that does not have sulfates, phthalates, or parabens in it that does foam up. But usually you shouldn't use anything with those. Whoa. Face wash. I know that. Huge one. Toner. Every single person should be toning their skin. Mm. So you wash your face immediately. You should be toning your skin, which what it does is it's an astringent that goes down deep into your pores, kind of like scratches up and cleans up all the dirt that's still stuck in your pores after you wash your skin and gets it out. Okay. In essence, is what you put on after your toner, and that replaces the hydration you kind of just stripped away mm. when you washed your skin. And then if you just want to finish it there, you could just apply a moisturizer. But I follow the Korean 10 step face washing. 10 um, steps, girl, who has time for that? I know, girl. <laughs> for me, some people gotta go to work. I know, girl, damn. For me, like, washing my face, I'm like, you take so long, but washing my face is my, like, Time. That's my time. She is treating her body like yeah, a temple, no, honey. Absolutely. And that's what I need to do because Lord knows I get a little bar of soap, honey. Oh, wash my face. Irish, oh, Irish spring? <laughs> Girl, no. I can't, I'll use that on my face, honey. But I do use this little Trader Joe's soap. <laughs> it's usually natural. It got almond milk in it, honey. That's but, good. So, um, and the last thing is sunblock. Every person, and oh, I can't yes. scream oh, yeah. from the rooftops. I don't care if you have 1% pigment or 99.9% pigment in your skin. Black people, we do get burnt. Like, you have to use sunblock. It is the most important every single day. Is there a minimum SPF that is recommended? Okay, here's Good the tricky question. thing. I know, I know from knowing you that you're like, I don't want to get a <laughs> half a shade darker, so you like SPF 95. Yeah. But... I do love using SPF, and I'm like, I don't care if it makes you feel sticky or not, I will use it. But here's the interesting thing. The United States is the only country that does not force the FDA to test sunblock. What? Lord so here's the interesting thing. Another reason America is crazy. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Here's, exactly. Here's, here's, this here's, is America. This is literally the way they test in the United States. They test sunblock. They'll take some sunblock. They will squirt it onto a part of your skin. They'll leave it in a dollop. They will put a UV light over the dollop, and they will wait an hour or two, depending on whatever facility it's being tested in. Based on how dark the skin gets under that dollop of SPF, they will say, oh, SPF 17, that took about like an hour or so. They're three shades darker. Oh, SPF 5, because they got three shades darker. Or if they only got one shade darker, SPF 50. Oh my God. There is no range on how they're <laughs> testing it. So wow. honestly, anything from 30 to 50, they're pretty much going to do the same thing. Do I, you know... 
people see a bigger number, so they think, oh, that more protection. More protection. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would have thought. Right. Child, that's <laughs> what I did when I went to CVS. <laughs> right, for sure. But SPF 85, honestly, it's bull crap. SPF yeah. 75, it works the same as between SPF 30 and SPF 50. Oh my god. So get something So at least 30. At least 30. That 15 is doing nothing for you. Okay. All those like body oils that say, oh, an oil plus an SPF. That is that literally can't make sense because oils attract sun, except mm. there are some like carrot oil, which is a natural natural SPF. It's SPF 10. Which is really oh, wow. carrot oil. Carrots. Look shea at that. butter has like a natural SPF of like five. So and also shea. some products I've seen like in it, like a concealer or foundation, yes. they'll put a little yep. bit of an SPF, but you still need sunscreen. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you should wash your face, do all your skincare, mix moisturize. What I do a lot of times, especially as a woman of color, a lot of SPF is not made for my skin. Mm. I.e., it turns us purple. Or white. Or white. <laughs> or green. It's my favorite. <laughs> so what I do is I will mix an SPF with a moisturizer, and that will tone down. A lot of it is it's a titanium dioxide in it, right. which is going to block you for the sun. But that the only way to get that blockage is using the titanium dioxide, which comes off as white. Mm. Okay. And it hasn't really been something that has worked effectively that is not either chemical or physical because there's two types of SPF. There's a chemical SPF and there's a physical SPF. Hmm. One has like zinc in it and one has like a titanium in it and one has like a nano micro. There's a lot of science in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why there's two is because some people are allergic to physical and then some people are allergic to chemical. So that, there's two options. Oh, wow. Um, but they have yet to find anything that will not appear on our skin tone as a white, white. purple, or gray. So... When brands release something that says a sheer SPF, or is that true, or is it like that's not actually doing anything? Yeah, so it is true. Like Supergoop mm-hmm. has really, really great of an invisible found uh, invisible SPF stick, which is SPF 50, and it actually looks like more like a highlighter. Okay. That is SPF 50. It's a chemical SPF. Got it. So the thing is, you don't want to use a chemical SPF every single day on your face. Right. Because that is very poor clogging. It's also, you're putting chemicals on your skin. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not really great. And how can you tell the difference between a chemical SPF and then the but, physical? Yeah. Usually it'll say the chemical on the back. Okay. Yeah. Usually it'll say the chemical SPF or titanium dioxide. Got it. If anything has tin in it or titanium, it's usually chemical. Wow. Read the fine print, girl. Read the back. Read all Read the, the labels. Yes. Um, I will say Surreal Skincare, not a plug, but they will really do have a phenomenal SPF that does have, has every type of natural SPF that you can get, like carrot, shea, almond. There's another oil. I think it's like cucumber oil or what have you in it. Mm-hmm. Plus a physical SPF mm. that really does last. So That's amazing. So. And Surreal Skincare, just to talk about that again, because I was reading about the company, and it was actually started by a trans woman who... Yes, Dried. Uh, yes, who was Morgan. finding... Oh, Morgan. Hey, mm-hmm. Morgan. <laughs> who was finding that... Um, that there were a lot of chemicals in products that she was using, so then decided to... Yeah make her own yeah so she's amazing i just went to her house last week and she's phenomenal amazing well let's all support a person in our community so real yes, skincare yes. so you know i have one one more question before we uh you know get up and go shopping because I'm, I'm ready <laughs> i need to get these things <laughs> in my back um so for so Chelsea, we went shopping for a skincare product, mm-hmm. and it had it was a wonderful learning experience. I learned so much. Um, what advice do you have for those who are um, skincare is expensive? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what advice do you have for those who uh, may not want to? spend that much on skincare or maybe just don't want to or can't can't. um what advice do you have for for those folks me (laughs) included (laughs) um i would say one educate yourself on the products you're using Mm -hmm. if you can't read every single ingredient on the back and this is anything of food products that you're using even clothing that you're wearing 
you shouldn't be using it. Hmm. There's a really um, interesting study, and they're talking about absorption, right? So even the shampoo you use, any chemicals in that shampoo are going directly into your bloodstream because they're going into your hair follicles. Mm. So you should not be using any shampoos that have any chemicals in it. Same thing on your face. The face absorbs products, I believe, two or three times faster than the body. Lord Jesus. Just because of thinner skin than maybe your arms or your legs. So if you're using terrible chemicals in your face, your skin is just absorbing it and you're allowing that to flush through your body. And that is why so many people who are in our elderly community are having a lot of skin damage, Mm. they burn a lot faster, Mm. even the food that you eat, they're getting sick with different um, medical diseases because Mm. they haven't been conscious. So I say first is just education. Mm -hmm. Second is create a routine for yourself. If you're like a get up and go person, Find two items, a face wash and a moisturizer with SPF in it, which you can do SPF in it, Mm -hmm. and that's it. (laughs) Don't do more than that, but do something, because your skin, also your face skin, ages two or three times faster than your body, because it's the first thing that the sun hits. Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Keep it tight. You know what I mean? (laughs) So there's so many brands, especially right here actually in New York, and you can order online, is The Ordinary. The Ordinary is a company that started online and now has a physical store here in Soho, but they created facial skincare products for those who can't afford the very expensive ones. And what they did is they're just a B2C, they're a business to consumer company and they stripped down all the products and they range from $6 to about $15. Wow. And you can get any serum you need. And it's literally just a serum. Like if you want retinol, it's just retinol. You want Matrixel, which is anti-aging. It's just Matrixel. Hyaluronic acid, six dollars. I like this. I want to go there. Yeah, I know. Right here, we can go after. Oh, like, we going shopping. Educate yeah, like, yourself and really understand that like there is a company and there is a genre for you. And every single day, a new company is starting up for those who are in every part of life. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. Education. Oh education, honey. Yeah. Well, be good to your skin, and your skin will be good to you. Yeah. Hey. God, come on. <laughs> All the gems. Now, Chelsea, I just want to thank you so much for joining us thank this you. lovely evening. Yeah. And just, I, feel like I we mean, uh, so much. Chelsea Marsh University, <laughs> right? Major skincare. <laughs> um, Chelsea, uh, what? How can uh, folks? Uh, get in contact with you, reach you, you, watch you, learn more from you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Chelsea D. March. I'm also on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash Chelsea March. And then soon I will be posting on IGTV. So if you do have a separate IGTV app, it's just Chelsea D. March. Damn. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in, goddesses. We're going shopping. Peace. Bye. Bye.